Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, after a very strange week for Aztecs basketball, Matt Scraby and Randy Holcomb are back with you on the Believe Aztecs Hoops podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe has a podcast for every one of your teams and the only place with a show for your favorite team. We believe in our teams, and if I always I always run over that. We believe in our teams. Like, dude, there's a period in between team and we. So I'm going to work on that going forward, Randy. Thanks so much for, for being here. Last week, we uh, we had a, a scheduling snafu on my part, and then they had the Aztecs got two games canceled by New Mexico. So we'll get into that. But we skipped last week. Sorry about that. But we're back this week. Randy, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Now, this whole this whole Aztecs New Mexico series is a little strange because there's lots of conspiracy theories and there's lots of theories and then there's maybe one fact, but last week the uh, Aztecs were set to take on New Mexico and they were about to fly out. It was like an hour before their flight or something. New Mexico contacted San Diego State and said, "Hey guys, we're canceling the games this week. Don't travel, don't go anywhere." So, really what the big hubbub on social media is, is that New Mexico is taking two pretty easy games out of San Diego State's pocket and two supposedly easy wins out of San Diego State's pocket while they need all the games they can get going into the tournament. So I'm not sure what really happened. I'm thinking that New Mexico just uh, – they were tired or something. I don't know. But they canceled their series and that's it. So, I mean, I know that you didn't play during a COVID day, but it's strange, right? Right. I, I definitely think it is, but I think it's twofold. I think that for their program, if I'm not mistaken, they are in what last in, or next, next to last place, right? Currently. Yeah, they're they're terrible. They're sorry, sorry, New Mexico. They're terrible. <laughs> like one in one in whatever, right? One so, in eleven, maybe. Yeah. So I think that I don't know if you really want to Well, take they're five it and eleven. They're five and eleven overall. They're one and eleven, it, it looks like in conference play. Okay. So I don't know if you necessarily wanna uh, I don't. It would be. It may be a good idea for them to cancel their program because they were going to take another beating if they played us, especially with the way <laughs> we're shooting basketball. With the way we're shooting, I don't know if they. You know, I don't know if they just wanted to. You know, uh, maybe we could we could play on a video game or something. We can get on and play yeah. some live or something along those lines. But yeah, that would be fun actually. Uh, but uh, in a real game, I think that us playing them, I don't. And this is what I was telling you early on about it being worth it and not being worth it for yeah. to play some people because if it's it's not it's not worth it, it doesn't help our. I don't believe it helps our uh, RPI to go yeah. down and just mm. beat them up and then have the, and then possibly somebody gets sick and then it reverberates through the team. So now the entire team has to quarantine over you know, playing somebody that doesn't help us at all, probably hurts us more than helps us. Right. That's interesting. I I haven't, I haven't actually heard it put that way, to be honest, like working at sports radio in San Diego, I thought I heard it all, but I hadn't, I hadn't heard it until (laughs) then because a lot of people were saying, including myself, that uh, this is a major blow to the Aztecs chances for a tournament spot. Cause right now they're on, I believe, according to some of the uh, different bracketologists out there, they're right there on the inside looking in inside looking in and if they don't have these games then it just makes them harder with the rpi but i I, that's that's very interesting i hadn't thought about that way of is it really worth going all the way to lubbock texas which is where new mexico is playing this year because new mexico the state has made it so difficult for them to play in their own state 
So there's just a lot of different things, but interesting that you say that, like, so you're, you're thinking that these two potential wins just can be made up somewhere else by, by the Aztecs. I do. I think that if you're going to play anybody, I would prefer, I think that it'll look more advantageous to play against uh, Utah state and Colorado state, you know, three, four to five times, six times, whatever, whatever that would be. Right. As opposed to playing against, I don't, I don't think that the, that, uh, that a board of uh, basketball minds is going to look at the two wins against New Mexico and say, Hey, let's put them in a tournament because they won. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, they won these two games, man. Let's stick them in. Now, that, 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 you know, that, that was the, that's the kicker, right? Yeah, no, I, those were the I, games that, that put it over the top for us. Right, right. And then the, the flip side is, is that what if we do go? What if they come to, you know, we meet and meet them in Lubbock, and they get us in the game, right? They, they, you know, then what? That could right? really you know, real things. They can. That See, can. Sorry to cut you off, but that when, when when you're looking at it and the judges are saying, okay, they beat these two teams, whatever, this they should have beat those two teams. Now when they look and they see a loss, then they're like, ooh, should we even have them in a tournament? <laughs> right. Like, I don't know if we're making the right decision. So it's like you gotta really you gotta this is a year that you we can really pick and choose our fights. What is what is somewhat considered to be a a negative or uh a sort of a downtrodden season could actually turn out to be a very good one. I mean, if you just play very good teams, but you, you play, uh, you play more potent teams, but fewer of them, right. That'll help us more, especially with the, we, I think we have four losses at this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 13 four and four. Losses, right. So, and, and two of the three of those, I know came against pretty good teams. I don't know. I don't, I forget who the fourth was. I know we had, well, they lost to San Diego State or San Diego State, <laughs> Colorado State. They can't lose to themselves. I mean, this, right. what an idiot I am. Um, they lost to BYU. They lost to Colorado State, and they lost twice to Utah State. Utah State. Okay, so none of those are real bad losses, right? You know what I mean? No, so you don't no. want to. Uh, you definitely don't want to compound those by adding, you know, a team that's one and whatever in in conference play, and we, you know, we take the trip. And all the other things surrounding COVID, right? So we can, mm -hmm. if we're going to play, let's just play against teams that are really, really, really freaking good, right? And yeah. See what happens. Yeah. And you know what? We uh, talked earlier in the year about the loss to Colorado State where they were up by 26. It was one of the worst losses on a CBS network game. But right. really, when you look at it now and you see down the road, Colorado State is a good team. They're 14 and four. So that loss, like coming into the year, Colorado State wasn't, wasn't picked to be anything really in the conference. Right, right. So that's why I, I overreacted now that I'm looking at it, but it, a lot of people did overreact. They said, Oh man, this is a terrible loss of Colorado state. This team's terrible, blah, 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 blah. But then you look down the road and Colorado state's beating everyone and they're beating everyone handily and they're coming back and they're, they're beating BYU and Boise state. So they're a good team and you can't, you can't, the second game in that series looks a lot better now because you know what Colorado State is. Right, right. Well, I think that the other thing, too, is that if you lose to someone, you're always rooting for them to, you know, to, to win out almost, except when yeah. they play you again, right? Yeah. And, and uh, Colorado State, I mean, to come back from a 26-point loss, I, I, I can't even remember a time where I was a part of a game where I came back from 26. If, we, if we're down 26, man, we're – 
we packing it up. We're packing it in, man. We're folding the chairs. We're snatching the plug back <laughs> the wall. You know, <laughs> so, you know, we uh talking about what you're gonna do that night. Right, right, right. Well, you complete completely checked out mentally for them to come back in that game. And that may have actually been the jump start of their season, right? Uh that that particular game. Be, yeah. Been, yeah, you know, been uh, been the one that they needed. But uh, be it as it may, the, the, the reality is, is that they are a very good team. And that loss that we have against them now is not nearly as bad. And, you know, again, in a shortened season and a, a season where you can get games canceled all over the place, might as well play against the most heat that you can play against as opposed to playing against just everybody if you can help it. Yeah, they did have a series of games against Colorado State. All right, well, I should say they they had it postponed earlier in the year and then they moved it to the January. They moved it to like a month later. So it's just all about timing, I think. And I think things happen for a reason. And and you, like you said, that could have jump-started Colorado State to their great year. And it could have woken San Diego State up from a – like a – it could have shown them, like, we're, we're not as good as we think we are because we we, can't, we lost uh, up 26. And there's time – time is running out in the Mountain West uh, regular season – play because there's only six more games left for San Diego state. And then you got the tournament. So things are very important from here on out, New Mexico, like, like, like you said, it would have been nice to get two wins, but really what's the risk and everything. So they can take on San Jose state twice here at home. Then they go to Fresno state twice. And then they're back at home to finish up mountain West play against Boise state, which is going to be a massive series for seeding in the mountain West conference tournament. But I, I like, I like what I see going into the stretch run of this uh, for, for the Aztecs. I mean, San Jose State, they're they're a beatable team. Fresno State is always tough, but they're beatable as well. Boise State's going to be tough. They they got to go. I'm just going to call it. I say they have to go at least 5-1 and one the rest of the way for them to, to feel good about themselves going into the tournament. I think a 3-3 three and three split, not going to look good, not going to feel good. But they um, they do have Matt Mitchell back as well. So they're, they're, they're all forces are ready to go for the rest of the year. I'm in agreement with you. I think that, you know, you, you look at that schedule. Um, Fresno State is in the middle of the pack, middle, lower part of the pack. Um, they're going through whatever they're going through. That Those two wins, I think, are going to be the most critical. Um, Boise State is Boise State pretty good. They're like third or something like that. Uh, or, they're 14 and four uh, on the year. So they're third in the conference? Are they third? Yes, in the, they're third. Yes. So, that, you know, they're pretty good, right? But we're pretty good, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that, like you said, I think that that, to somehow figure out a way to be focused enough to win both of those games puts us in a very unique situation for the for the, uh, for the, uh, the tournament. The, not, yes. not, the, not the just the conference tournament, but the NCAA tournament. Those two, those four games, I think, are going to be the critical ones uh, that, that help that are going to help uh, decide our fate in terms of being an at-large bid in the, in the, in the tournament. Yeah. I know we're going to get to it in a second, but the way we've been shooting the ball as of late has been <laughs> crazy. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's been crazy. And I want to, I want to say this too. I'm a uh, Dutch is my man, but I'm, I'm very real. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I've been very, uh, I don't want to say I've been very critical of Dutch, but I, but I, I'm always, uh, uh, I, when I when I talk to him in person, or when I leave him messages and things of that nature, I, you know we have very real conversations, and I say what's on my mind, and I want to you know, publicly say that uh, 
the way he's gotten this team to grow, right? As a, um, if you look at this team as a plant, right? Um, the way he's gotten this team to grow over this year is, is almost like a bamboo because the, the team is growing so fast. What started as a, uh, uh, what started as a very defensive team that could not score has turned into a very offensive team that can score. And um, how he, how he and his staff uh, have, have been able to do that uh, is nothing short of a miracle. I don't think I've ever seen a team go from not being able to score period uh, yeah. or, or being at, you know, scoring 40 points a game to scoring 90 and 87 and, and shooting the ball with the confidence that they're shooting the ball with. Right. So I want, I, I, I do want to tell him and, and everybody listening that he's done a phenomenal, he and his staff have done mm-hmm. a phenomenal job of um, giving a, giving the team a, a new identity and and one that is is more fun to watch. Yeah, I, I don't, it wasn't yeah. fun to watch those earlier games. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all of entertainment at the end of the day, it's still got to be entertained. So to be able to watch their games now and and have fun watching it as opposed to watching those. Uh, grind out football games that were going yeah. on, you know, like those, you know, look like the 51 50s. Yeah, man, it was tough to watch that stuff. You know, it's tough to evaluate <laughs> that stuff, right? But now, uh, the kid Gomez is just shooting. I mean, I'm, he's catching the ball 25 feet out, 30 feet out, and he's just hoisting it up there, 35 feet out. He's hoisting it up. Uh, we have more than just shackle now, so it's it's harder to it's harder to guard us. And I know you're going to get into that, but I just want no, to let's that. go, let's go, let's get into it. No, that's perfect segue to to what's going on with the team. Um, uh, in the conference, real quick, I'll just set it up. Utah State's number one; they're eleven and two in the conference. Colorado State is number two, eleven and three, and then Boise State ten and three, and then San Diego State is fourth at seven and three. So because of those two lost games, they're they're behind the pace a little bit, but their winning percentage keeps them there. But their shooting, you're absolutely right, has been off the charts recently because they went into Utah State. They scored 45, and then they scored 59 in back-to-back losses. Then they come out of Utah State, and something changes. And they came out of Utah State, and even you know Matt with Matt Mitchell injured, they still were able to put up a ton of points. They won. They beat Air Force 98 to 61. They almost scored 100 points, which I can't remember the last time that ever happened in Aztecs basketball. Then they beat Air Force 91 to 59. So those are both, um, if my my math is correct, over 30 point wins. Then Wyoming, they won by 30, 87-57. And then again, Wyoming, they scored another 98 points. So they scored 98 points twice in four games, which is incredible. And Matt Mitchell in that second game when they scored 98, he had 26 points. So he's back. He's ready to go. But how does that happen? How does it turn around that quickly where all I'm looking at the rest of the schedule, the highest score that they've had the, the whole year was St. Catherine, which was 83. And we knew that they could probably score 200. But – other than that, they, I mean, they scored 80 against Arizona State. I just don't understand how it can just turn on just like that. I don't know. I think that maybe maybe there was a – well, I'm going to say there was, there's a couple things at play. First, I think that their, their practices were – they had to have been geared for the defensive side of the ball. I would have said that, that the majority – watching them play, right, the majority of their practice was geared toward uh, the defensive side of the ball. And I think after um, after playing Utah State, seeing what they do, what they can do, that that having a good defense is great. 
but you got to be able to play both sides of the ball. I think that there was a shift right there in that, in that moment in time. And, and since then they've been shooting, you know, pretty well. I, you know, that, uh, air force series that they played, I mean, they, they came out they crushed and crushed them. And, and you know what, I'm going to be honest with you. It didn't look very natural the way that they shot the basketball. It looked like they were just a team that that on this particular day they just got hot, right? Yeah, okay. Watching them play though, what what happens though in 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 sports or and I'm going to speak about basketball because that's the thing that I know best is Yeah, of course. Uh, you you start off not very confident, but if you see a couple shots go in, the next thing you know, it becomes part of your DNA. And in the, the Wyoming series, it looked like they were a team that had been shooting all year. But they, I think it started with that particular game against Air Force where it didn't look quite natural. Yeah. Now watching them play. Now, I mean, they're, I mean, guys are just catching and shooting. And it's causing defenses to crowd them or get closer to them, which is opening up driving lanes, lanes that they didn't necessarily have before when they played. Yeah. Right? Guys are being able to get to the basket – um, not just the guy that's that has the ball or the or the shooter in question, but they the opposing teams cannot leave other players on the floor because you know guys will find them for a three point shot. So everybody's hugged up to their guy, which is allowing uh, uh, Mensa to you know catch lobs and get putbacks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then dribble drive is a thousand times easier than it was before. And now when you're scoring on offense. You don't necessarily need as much defense, and it's way more fun, at least what <laughs> I was told, to play off offense than it is to play defense, right? At least at you least were told. You, you, yeah, you put pl- you played under Steve Fisher, and he was all about de- uh, defense, all yes, about defense. Yes, and defense, they as they say in the NFL, defense wins championships. But it's still fun to go for four hundred yards in a game. That, that that's still fun yeah, too. Ain't, ain't that the truth, but that's the truth. Uh, with with the Aztecs right now, they are. You, you know who let's let's talk about him real quick. Lamont Butler, freshman, he has come in and he has been great for the team in the last maybe four games. And and Dutch has put him out there. Dutch has given him time to develop. He is averaging now um 12 minutes a game, which is on the way up because he didn't play much in the beginning of the year. And he's only averaging four points a game. But let me tell you about his his game logs because they have just been in, get, going up and up and up. He had 13 against Utah State. Then he had 13 again against Wyoming, and he had 11 against uh, Wyoming. But what he's doing is he's being efficient, and he's not turning over the ball. He had a tough day against Air Force where he turned over the ball six times. But other than that, he's not really doing – anything that's going to be hurting the team. And then we've been talking about free throws all year long, and he's making his free throws. The team is also starting to make some free throws. They're up to 71% from free throw, and they're almost at, for the year, this is incredible. They're up 39.7% from three and 46.5% from the field. So they're almost making half their shots that they're taking, which is crazy. If they continue to play that way, we're going to be very, very difficult for anybody to beat, right? I think, you know, I think if we if we saw, um, and I don't want to jinx it, but I'm, I would I would bet money that if we saw Utah State in the tournament, we beat them, right? Because of mm. if we shot it this way, yeah. at this point, very seldom does a does a team as a whole shoot thirty nine percent from three, right? And yeah, oh yeah, then turn around and and for a team as a whole to almost shoot. 50% is even even more crazy. I think, what did you say, they were at 46%, I think you said? 
Uh, 46, yeah, 40, almost 47. So almost 47%. If we man. round up, yeah, 47. So I want people to, I want people to think about this. The very best players that we've seen in basketball, right? Some of the very best players that we've seen in basketball shot the ball at about 50% clip. So the Michael Jordans and the Larry Birds and the, uh, a lot of the guys from the 80s, LeBron James and, uh, you know, a couple others like him, Dwayne Wade in his heyday. Today, you have Zion Williams, uh, Williams yes. shooting the ball at, at, at a 50-plus clip, right? Yeah. If you can get a team that to shoot around that number, right, they're going to be very, very different. Those are, those are good players and good teams that can – or great players and great teams that can do that. So, again, knowing that – Dutch is, you know, I didn't know if he could do this, but he has. And he, you know, he has my respect for sure because I, did, I didn't believe that he can get this team. I thought he was going to have to go out and recruit players to come in there. But clearly he's had some staff meetings and told him, hey, listen, we need to get some shots up every day. We need to do some yeah. competitive shooting. We need to build confidence in our guy. And he's been able to do that, man. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty doggone unique, man. That, that doesn't happen every day. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way you put it because, a lot of coaches will stick to their guns. This is my system. I'm not going to stray from it. And and Dutcher was like, "Hey, I, I need to figure something else out." And and so for right. someone to make uh, in season adjustment like he has, it's pretty yeah. ballsy, I'll say, yeah. because you don't know that it's going to work. And yeah. it, it's it's working now. And guys are having more fun. They're scoring a lot of points. And it's not bad for the marketing of the program either. Now that they're scoring 98 points and who knows what they can do in the tournament if they get there, then you're right. getting guys from, I don't know, that are sitting in uh, Montana that are like, who San Diego State doesn't look so bad to go play now because right. they're, they're, right. they're scoring the ball. Like Nathan right. Mensa has a 61% field goal percentage this year, and he does take a decent amount of shots. That, that, that's really good. Yeah. Oh, listen, that is phenomenal. Uh, you know, what's again what's happening is that there the floor is so wide open for him now you have to step up on shooters so if he sets high pick and rolls and he rolls hard to the bucket there's nobody there to pick him up right and he can you know dunk the ball in playing one him playing one-on-one on the block uh you can't double team him now because he can find open guys i mean there's there's so many there's so many advantages to being able to do the most fundamental thing in basketball and that's shoot it if yeah. you can shoot, you know, everything kind of opens up and it makes the entire game easier, you know, and he's been playing uh, really good. And and I'm going to say this about him, too. Uh, I, I want more for him. Right. I, I want him to play. He should be a kid that is as good as the kid at Utah State. Quayle. He should be yeah. As, yeah. as good as that kid uh, that, that, you know, that that player is older than he is. But. Nobody cares. At least I don't. You know what yeah. I mean? You got to perform, right? You got to perform. So he, I think he's been playing great. They, I think they need more from him. Everybody else is playing, doing what, they, including Matt, man. Matt is, Matt's phenomenal, man. Matt, Matt is a really, really good. He, and I think Matt is probably uh, one of the top 10 Aztec players all time. If we, if we take wow. away and stuff like that, I think he's one of the top all time. I think that, uh, um, if you if you think about the if I'm thinking about the list of guys Michael Cage Kawhi uh, myself um, 
couple of the others that that uh, Marcus Slaughter and a couple of the others that come to, I don't want to leave anybody out, man. So if I left you out, man, don't, don't jump in my <laughs> we're, DMs, we're, but. This is all organic. This is, he didn't have time to prepare. So yeah, he's not, he's not slighting you or anything. <laughs> right, right, right. But if, when I think about that, when I think about that list of players, I would be hard pressed to find 10 that have had a more productive career. Uh, Xavier would be on that list too. I don't want to leave him. Yeah. Up. Um, I don't I don't want to uh, I don't want to leave him off that list as I think about it, because he is really, really productive. <laughs> He's really, really productive as a basketball player. It ain't the sexiest thing going. Man, <laughs> he puts the ball in the basket. And, that, and that's He's- really all you can ask yeah, he, he's been such a consistent player for the Aztecs since his freshman right. year. He was a true freshman came, and I'm looking at his career stats right now. He's played 33 games, 34 games, 32 games, and then 15 games this year. Obviously, he's not done with this season, but he's went 10 points, 10 points, 12 points, 15 points. But when you're looking through his, his uh, career, his three-point percentage goes from 35 to 42. His free throw right. goes from 76 to 83. And <laughs> yeah. he just gets better across he just gets better across the board. Right. And that's that's all you need from a college player, Absolutely. especially of his pedigree, is to just be there on the court to play, and you're going to put up your numbers. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, I, he he's been he's been really really impressive. Not to have, especially not to have been a, a heralded player, right? Yeah. Uh, Malachi was very good last year, and, and it showed. He's in the he, well, he's playing in the league today. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and he would be on that list too, but the, but to watch Matt just kind of go about his business, man, it's, it's really cool to just see him just go about his business day to day. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. just steady as they come. Every time you watch this kid, he's just super, super steady. Uh, and that's, I think he's been the anchor. We talked about this earlier. He's been the anchor of the group, the entire group. He has. No, he totally has. He totally has. One thing uh, before we get to wrapping up the the podcast for today, I just want to give you this stat from their game against Wyoming. And you tell me what this uh, what this tells you It's from Mark Ziegler of San Diego Union Tribune. He said they shot 60.7 percent overall, 47.8 percent from the arc. 21 of their 34 baskets were assisted and a season low eight turnovers meant they finished with a through the roof 1000 or 1.485 points per possession. So that's really, that's a telling stat right there. That's an offense that's working. Listen, and that's a, that's a team that's going to get the opposing team is going to get a whipping, you know, I don't really care how you defend or what you do. Um, You could say, there's this misconception that um, you can play defense and 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 win just based on the defense, right? That is not a real thing, right? Yeah. Any, you know, you you can get a few more stops, but the way to really stop people is to demoralize them, right? And to any and anytime in basketball, the, the best way to demoralize somebody is to just keep scoring. <laughs> one point eight. One, you said one point one point four eight five points 1. per possession. Uh, so uh, basically, a point and a half every time they get a get the ball. Every time you score, it's two points, right? They getting a point and a half every time they touch the yeah. ball. That is really, really impressive, man, and hard to stop, right? You, you're going to beat anybody. Hard. You know, you're going to beat anybody at that rate, and you're going to. And, and with that being said, too, you're going to score 80, 90 points a night. Well, they have been doing that, and uh, so let's see if they can keep doing that tonight against San Jose State. They're playing uh, at home. Game starts at 8 p.m. 
and it's on FS1, which is nice because CBS Sports Network has blacked out everything on my cable provider unless I buy a new sports package. So this is not the first time people who know me are hearing about this because I have been very angry about this all season long. I refuse to pay an extra 20 bucks to get CBS Sports Network on a sports package. Okay, done. But yes, they play San Jose State coming up on Monday and Wednesday, and then they have a week off, and then things get real again with Fresno State and then Boise State. So we, uh, we're we just happy that the Aztecs are still playing meaningful basketball because it could be we could be uh, the New Mexico Lobos, believe, team, and that wouldn't be fun. So I'm sorry if there are New Mexico Lobo believe teams out there, but if you guys want to hit us up and come on our podcast, let's talk because – uh, I don't want to. I don't want to slight you at all, but right. that's what we have coming up here for uh, the Believe Aztec Hoops podcast. We'll be back with you next week. Anything uh, you want to say before we head out, Randy? Yeah, I'm willing to slight you anytime you anytime you're one and and whatever. I love it. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, and yeah, yeah. Well, then you stink, right? I mean, yeah. you currently stink, right? And somebody <laughs> needs to tell you that. So if you want to come on here and talk about it, we can. But there ain't, there right. ain't there a whole lot of conversation. I, I love that. I love that because uh, I, I'm not willing to talk trash because I've never played basketball at a high level <laughs> in my life. So uh, I'll leave that up to you. That's why we, that's why we're good partners here is that you can trash talk and I can just be like, yeah, keep going, keep going. But yeah, so we'll, we'll be back next week. I'm Matt Scraby. That's Randy Holcomb. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Scraby. You can find Randy at Alfred's house on uh, on those platforms. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Believe Aztecs Basketball Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.